Welcome back in. You were listening to the August 10th, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a of this podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions and brought to you by the folks at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is an NFL writer for Roto World, a semi-vet of the hashtag dad life, as he is just uh, ushering in a second little one here and a habitual comical Twitter writer here. Welcome back to the show, Pat Doherty. You can find him on the tweets at RotoPat. Pat, man, it's great to have you back on the Mailbag Show. What is good in fatherhood? <laughs> uh, everything, you know. They're, they're miracles, right? Uh, he's uh, my second child. is about five, six weeks old. Um, he's still pretty much in the blob phase, but <laughs> uh, even in the blob phase, they can do some cool stuff. So uh, supposedly he's going to be able to smile soon. So uh, we got that. We have, we have that to look forward to. Well, he's in the blob stage five to six weeks into it here. He's going to smile soon as as soon he's, as he pees on your face when when you change the diaper and you're in the middle of it. Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's if, true. If it he hasn't happened, finding, it will yeah, happen. He'll, he'll soon start finding amusement in our uh, torture. So, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he has that to look forward to. We get the smiles. He gets that. Yeah, well, well, hopefully we will. We'll try not to torture everyone here as we go through the answering uh, the questions of the offseason questions, dynasty trades, player and team outlooks. I mean, it's preseason. We are back in the swing of things. Already had a couple questions. Uh, players go down here, but we're going to play a little game here, Pat, to lead us in here. I'm going to read a recent Roto World blurb, and you get to say whether it's real or fake. If it's fake, then you have to correct the blurb. This is kind of in the spirit of what Friedman used to do on the RV Report show, and we've got the blurb guy, one of the blurb guys here. So why the hell not, right? So here. Here we go. First, <laughs> first one we have here, Pat, is Ronald Jones has struggled in the passing game because he has suffered an injury uh, to his pinky finger while using it to sip on a cup of tea. I'm gonna go fake. Uh, it would be, I would say, real if it was a baseball blurb because um, they suffer all the best injuries. But I'm gonna go fake. I'm going to have to challenge you on the baseball best injuries. I don't know. Maybe you're right there, but it, I think NBA has to be up there too, right? At least like three times a night we've got somebody with gastroenteritis. Like NBA is the only sport where they legitimately get away with saying somebody has the shits. <laughs> baseball, though, you know, people have missed time with like luggage injuries or uh, grocery injuries. Someone – one time fell with a bag of groceries, so I would say no one does injuries quite like baseball players. And uh, yeah, there's a there's a future like Chicago Cub, Colorado Rocky that's going to get hurt uh, taking a sip of tea. <laughs> if, if anybody in any sport is going to be able to get away with hashtag dad life by getting injured by playing groceries, it's probably baseball. So. Yes, yes. Someone one this was a true one. It was a Rocky. I can't remember which player it was but fell down a flight of stairs with a bag of groceries and, like, suffered a high ankle sprain, like a fractured ankle or something. Like Someone will have to Google it after the podcast. But, yeah, there there was a grocery falling down the stairs incident that I, I, th- I think might still be in the lead for best-slash-worst-ever sports injury. <laughs> we'll move on from there. The Cleveland Times has reported that Antonio Callaway has stayed clean despite last week's off-field incident. That one's true, uh, which, you know, find a hard time believing since, uh, he was, uh, pulled over and cited for possession of marijuana. But, uh, you know, if the Browns say it's true, then it's true. I mean, 
he's stayed clean despite last week's off-field incident. So it's basically like, oh, other than that, he's been all right. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> that we know of. I mean, oh, how does I don't know. Like, there's no way the team backs his story here, but they're just trying to keep him out of trouble. Is it? That's pretty yeah. much what's going on here, right? I mean, okay. There's two. I always say this about the NFL drug policy. There's two truths here. Where Clearly, the NFL should probably stop suspending players for smoking marijuana in the year 2018, <laughs> seeing as it's legal in you know many of our largest states at this point. But on the other hand, you know, can you just not smoke weed for like a few years and stop getting suspended? So uh, I, I do sympathize. It's a horrible rule, but you should probably try to follow the horrible rule. <laughs> Confirmed. All right. Uh, Albert Albert Wilson expects to be used all over the field as a receiver, running back, quarterback, tight end, and most importantly, GM. Say that one is all too true, except for the GM part. But you know, <laughs> anything can happen to Miami. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum's probably on thin ice. Uh, when he signed Albert Wilson, he wanted to use him in the backfield and eventually the front office. So <laughs> that one is half true. I feel like Albert Wilson could probably do just as good a job. At GM, I, I don't know. I don't know. What I think happened. he probably, yeah, definitely could. He probably learned more from Andy Reid on the sideline <laughs> than um, Mike Tannenbaum has ever learned. So, yeah. According to Jason Takenforto, there's something super sweet going on between Jared Goff and Cooper Cup. In addition to building a great rapport on the field, they've also been witnessed skipping hand-in-hand hand and singing Randy Newman's You Got a Friend in Me. Definitely true. Uh <laughs> It's true in my mind, at least. I'm picturing it. It's a very delightful scene. Uh, anything to improve that fantasy rapport, whatever you got to do in real life, I'm all about it. <laughs> I also threw you a Conforto there, too, for for your baseball love. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many listeners of the Road of His podcast have heard of Michael Conforto. Pr- probably, you know, one in, one in a hundred is <laughs> my guess. He's uh he seemed to be better last year, but this is a football podcast. We'll uh, we'll take it into. Yeah, I mean, he's a New York Met. He got hurt. What are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. All right, we're gonna give one additional non-football bonus question here. Is this real or is this fake? According to a story recently released, the CDC has issued a warning advising people not to reuse or wash their used condoms in order to stretch the dollar a little more. Um. It's 2018 America, so I'm going to say true. <laughs> it is It is absolutely true. I ran across this on the Huffington Post. Apparently there are people out there that are looking to stretch their dollar a little bit more. And by saving a buck, they're trying to reuse their, their used condoms. As you mentioned, it's 2018. Is there any hope for society going forward? Uh, it all depends on what the people running the simulation decide. If they want to like change the sliders, change the settings a little bit, then yes. But if they don't, I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, these guys are trying to stretch their dollar. I think everyone out there can stretch their dollar and sign up for a Rotoviz Pass. You're going to get a 30% discount to the Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. That subscription gives you unlimited access to our premium NFL content, and it supports this very pod. You can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz channel on iTunes. Do that. You're going to be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league hosted by our friends at the FFPC. Just go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to future episodes of here if you are the winner. And also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the Road of His writers and podcasters, email us at roadofhisradio at gmail.com and we'll go ahead and get that set up for you. Also, if you are a fan of the show and you want to sub, uh, sub directly to the Fantasy Football feed, do so. 
takes hard work getting the show out every work uh, every work every week. Do us a solid and hit that rate button. And if you go in and rate and review the fantasy football mailbag feed specifically, do so this week. We will uh, take a look at all the names there, and we will go ahead and put you in a drawing and give you a free $35 entry to an FFPC league. That's all you have to do. Just go in and rate and review the show, and we're going to get you in a free $35 league by the bosses over there at FFPC. So, again, rate and review the show on Fantasy Football Mailbag, and we'll go ahead and get that winner issued as well. And if you have any QQs you want answered on this show, email us, rotavizradio at gmail.com. We'll get those answered for you as well. All right, Pat, let's dive into the QQs for the week. Here we go. The first one is a little bit intricate here. We'll try to tone it down here. So we've got a Keeper Auction Superflex. This dude can keep three. There's a 250 budget. And I'll just list off the names here. We've got AB, uh, Antonio Brown, 91, Russell Wilson at 61, Coop, Amari Cooper at 55, Gronk Smash at 46, Brandon Cooks, 41, and then... Drake, Collins, Burkhead, uh, Jameis Winston, Kenny Stills, Josh Ducks, and Kenny Galladay, Jimmy Garoppolo. All of those dudes are 5 bucks, and then Duke Johnson is $2. Now, the, the dude who asked this question says Jimmy G is a no-brainer and currently has Drake and Stills as the other two here. So what are your thoughts? Uh, do you still want to take Jimmy G here and plus two more, or are you going a different way here? Yeah, I think Jimmy G is a no-brainer. Uh, and a super flex, I'm almost tempted to kind of pool him and Russell for 66 combined. But even a super flex, you can probably commit you know far fewer resources than that to two solid quarterbacks. So I guess I'll stay off Russell. I'll do Jimmy Garoppolo for five. I, I actually agree with Kenyon Drake for five, even though you know the Dolphins are predictably obsessed with Frank Gore. Uh, I think for five bucks and a 250 budget, especially that's like almost an unbeatable price for someone with Kenyon Drake's upside. And I don't, I might go another cheap one, but I don't. We have, he might have too much money left then. But uh, I like Alex Collins is uh, one of the most secure two down backs in the NFL. I think he's a really really safe investment and another really great price at five. So might go Drake, Collins, and Jimmy. But if he wanted to. Uh, have a more uh, proven, you know, uh, more expensive guy. I like Brandon Cooks at 41, maybe compared to Antonio Brown at 91. And just, you know, Antonio will probably, you know, have his typical season. That's just such a huge chunk of your budget, and he has so many other good options. So I'd probably go Drake, Collins, and Jimmy. But if he wants to keep one of the more uh, proven guys, I'd probably do Drake, Jimmy, and Cooks. Yeah, I'm with you here. I think Jimmy's a slam dunk. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm tempted to still throw Jimmy back. I mean, I get it. It's a super flex. Can't beat the value. But at the same time, it's like, oh man, it's also tempting to take Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins, and you know Rex Burkhead. Take them all for five bucks, and you got just a solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and take your chances getting a couple cheap quarterbacks there. Uh, but yeah, the safe, you know, steady route is to take Jimmy G at that value. Um, next one here, we've got a best ball here. Who do you prefer between Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles, and Andy Dalton late in best ball drafts? I think I'll say Andy Dalton. Uh, of the three, uh, he has the best weapon that any of the three do in A.J. Green, which you know helps for spiked week potential. And Andy Dalton has been a spiked week guy in the past and kind of an uncertain supporting cast, but like a lot of like big play upside in a supporting cast with – Joe Mixon, you know, uh, John Ross, even Tyler Eifert, uh, if he can get out on the field. So 
Andy Dalton's been living that spiked week life in the past, and I, I think he could probably do it again this year. I, I just like uh, – I think you get more big games, maybe more even performance out of Ryan Tannehill, but I think uh, between Tannehill, Bortles, and Dalton, kind of the most big games. Agreed, Pat. What are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? Boy, this was a tough one. Uh, the best <laughs> purchase I ever made, I didn't make, but I, I think the most, the best thing I've ever I've bought or been given to me in the past few, like three, four years, was I was a groomsman in a wedding, and the gift was just a really nice knife, like a nice, like a big pocket knife, basically. And you know, in the age of Amazon, we're all ordering so many packages. Like I didn't really know what I what I had been missing with like uh you know like <laughs> kitchen knives or like uh you know like a razor like uh what do you call it, the razor blade thing that you use like the the, the practical oh the uh, like a, the exacto like a packing knife. razor thing or whatever the exacto um, knife right yeah exacto knife yeah 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 um so yeah just getting a nice knife to like open amazon packages was definitely the best purchase that's been given to me uh of late and uh, the worst uh Kind of a uh, you know strange answer, but I guess these are all strange answers. Um, <laughs> I one of my I'm like the only person in America who still buys CDs. I like committed. I really I've always been really into music, and at a young age, I kind of committed to like CDs being like what I'm gonna collect. So I still buy CDs, but I think the worst purchase. I, so I bought a lot of bad CDs over the years. <laughs> I think the worst I ever bought was. Uh, the U2 album, they came out in like 2008 or 2009. Uh, never really been into U2, but I was just always at like big events. And like when a U2 put out a new album, I would usually buy it. But it was just a really terrible album. And I've been out on U2 ever since. And I can't remember what it's called, but it, just the U2 album that came out uh, the year I was a senior in college is the worst purchase I've ever made. <laughs> I too have a large CD repertoire, and it's. You know, I, I have a car now that has a built-in hard drive, and I basically took all my CDs and I put them into the hard drive, and it sucks because when I want to go back and listen to some of that stuff, it takes like an additional 10 seconds for whatever reason to load what's in there, so I'm almost better off just pulling out the iPod or the, the iPhone or whatever and just kind of streaming through through that way. But then it's also, you know, you're, you're looking at storage and, and this, or you got to get an MP3 something or the other. So I, I do feel like I'm with you, and that's what makes us kind of old and, like, maybe yeah. a little less millennial is that, like, sometimes with CDs, things were just a little easier. I don't really listen. To, like, I, I most I just, like, immediately rip them on my computer. But, like, I think people are just going to really regret not having, like, anything physical, like a physical reminder like you're going to forget about so much music because like it could be something you really loved, but if you ever just streamed it, you're not going to have like a physical reminder of it anywhere. And you might just like forget about an album you loved for like 20 years or something. So it's a very old man opinion at this point. <laughs> but yeah, I think people are going to regret having moving completely away from physical music. It's kind of like that episode of Everyone Loves Raymond when Raymond was trying to get his his dad to move up from the old record player he had into the this new high-tech CD system that came out. <laughs> and he was playing his old jazz tunes on it, and it was crystal clear and crisp, and it sounded great. And his dad was pissed off. Uh, I think this was Everyone Loves Raymond. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, and then his dad turned on the record player, and it was crackling and making all this junky noise, and he sat there, and he was just in, in bliss. It's uh, you know, everybody loves Raymond. I can't decide if I should uh fade or buy. Everybody loves Raymond. I never like uh, 
like I never like regularly watched it, but whenever my mom watched it, I, I did find it like gen- generally amusing. So maybe I'm gonna buy Everybody Loves Raymond. It, 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 it for nothing else, you get the episodes where where the brother Rob touches the fork on his chin before he takes any bite of food. We've all got some sort of kink like that, right? And yes. <laughs> His just happened to be touching your fork to your chin. <laughs> Moving on from there, uh, we get a redraft here, Pat, with additional questions now surrounding Robbie Anderson availability. Does this bump Quincy Inunua up your board to the point of being viable as a 16th pick in a PPR draft? Also, what are your thoughts now on Corey Coleman and Jeff Janis, since we've got some depth chart shake up there? Not really that worried about Anderson, to be honest, but... Uh... I think Anun was definitely a viable, like, 15th, 16th round pick. Even he is cut, you know, he's dealing with a thumb or hand injury or something, but supposedly only out two weeks. And, you know, with Anun, maybe like the most forgotten 857 yard season in NFL history from two years ago, uh, is an ex tight end for an offense that doesn't really have a tight end. Uh, uh, I know Fantasy Mansion, Matt Kelly's been really, uh, like leading the Anunwa charge this summer. And uh, in terms of a guy who you, you can get you know, almost like at will at the end of drafts, I think he's a like a zero-risk, uh, moderate-reward flyer that just no one's in on. So, yeah, I'm liking Quincy Anunwa as a late-round flyer. Um, Corey Coleman? I mean, what, what's the question with Corey Coleman? Do we like him in redraft? Do we like the move or what? Like, uh like uh yeah, it looks like both of these guys are wondering if you know they're they're fifteen sixteen round picks. I've I've been taking both of you know any of these guys late in in best ball drafts in like round seventeen eighteen, but in a standard redraft, you know, are they still viable fifteen sixteen or so? Yeah, you know, you never know who will be on the board. It kind of depends on the group, like what kind of players are going. Like if you're in a sharp filled draft, uh, Corey Coleman. Yeah, you know, if you're in a like a draft with all your friends, you can probably get better flyers than Corey Coleman in the fifteenth, sixteenth round. But if you're in a draft with a bunch of the sharp type people, you know, you might have to take someone with like a lot of warts like Corey Coleman. And you know, he was in a bad situation before. Now somehow an arguably you could say worse situation, but there are just so many targets available in Buffalo and uh you know, Sean uh Sean McDermott is revealing himself not to be a Zay Jones fan this summer and the Bills are going to prove they made a good acquisition. So I do think Corey Coleman will get a legitimate chance to contribute. And this is a guy I loved coming out of the draft. Uh, still young, you know, two you know kind of fluky hand injuries. I don't think he's a you could say he's a bust yet. And still a lot of upside even in an offense with Josh Allen or uh, who AJ McCarron question mark. I was trying to remember the three terrible Bills quarterbacks for a second. <laughs> uh, so even in that offense, he still has some upside. So yeah, I like Corey Coleman as a as a late round flyer. Yeah, same with me. It's almost like the upside probably isn't as high, but you know, to your point, there's there's a better floor of target share there. Uh, next- yeah, and he's a big play guy. He could be a guy who even if it's not a best ball league, uh, even if someone is standard league, uh, he's the kind of guy who could have a big week and only two or three catches. And to me, that's the kind of investment you want to make late in drafts. Oh, and what about Jeff Janis here? Okay, so we've got the news with. Antonio Callaway here. We don't quite know what's going to happen. Uh, maybe, maybe nothing at this point. Uh, of course, Coleman uh, being gone here is—is is this finally the year of Jeff Janis? Yeah, like the stars are aligning for Jeff Janis, but I feel like it's not the first time the stars have aligned for Jeff Janis. And <laughs> you know, I referenced this great computer simulation we were all living in earlier, 
And it's kind of like the simulation has decided it's never going to happen for Jeff Janis. Um, but, it's, you know, it's looking... He's going to make the team. I'll go that far. Uh, I think he's going to make the team. Um, Fantasy Flyer, probably not there yet. Fair enough. All right, PPR Keeper, can you rank these running backs? I'm able to keep three of them with no penalty per se, but we assign our keepers to the value of MFL 1080p, and that's the round you have to keep them in. So we've got Lamar Miller, Alex Collins, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, and Sexy Rexy. Um, with the with the keeper round caveat, and maybe it's a little harder in my habit. If I didn't have any keeper round caveat, I'd probably go Mixon, probably go Lamar. Uh, you know, Lamar Miller is like one of the least sexy players in fantasy football, but the role is just still so good. So go Mixon, Lamar, Collins, Drake, Burkhead. But the caveat that I really like all of them, and it's really, really hard to choose. And if we're going, you know, with the round, I'd probably go Mixon, probably Burkhead second, because he's still going fairly cheap. Then mm-hmm. maybe Collins, Lamar, and then Drake. And I don't even dislike Drake, but it's a lot of question marks. Uh, I don't trust the Dolphins to like not be obsessed with Frank Gore. I feel like we're going to be getting too much Frank Gore early in the year, and that could hurt. Drake's value, especially early in the year, but to be honest, uh, this is this is like the classic question where I would say just pick the guys you want because it's kind of a kind of a coin flip, really. All all intriguing guys for different reasons. Yeah, I I mean I like all these guys. I'm drafting all these guys. I mean Lamar Miller, I'm admittedly you know overexposed uh, percentage wise than probably anyone <laughs> anyone else because I, I feel fine taking him there at the four five versus where he goes at the five six sometimes because. You know, it, it, it's a roster where you took solid running uh, wide receivers early and you can round out with Lamar Miller and Rex Burkhead uh, after the Sony Michelle kind of iffy news, right? I thought Rex Burkhead's ADP was going to jump even higher than it has. So it's like I'm, I'm totally fine with those guys and just kind of getting a, a few steady eddies there that are going to get some guaranteed workload there. Um, Pat, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? Probably not a diaper. <laughs> no. Um, is it too mean to say I would be Jeff Fisher? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, I would uh, say that's quali- that qualifies for an animate object. What about Jeff Fisher's mustache? Absolutely, actually. That would be like, yeah. I mean, Jeff Fisher, as much as we joke about him, the guy's had a pretty darn good life. And I'm assuming it's like even better now that he – doesn't have to be a fading football coach, and seems like he goes camping a lot. Like goes to goes to like lodge like lodges a lot. Like and you know he's a millionaire, so they're like really nice lodges, and he's probably got a lot of taken in like a lot of beautiful vistas. And uh, I think a great great spot for like that scenery would be his mustache. So yeah, and then I'm an object, uh, Jeff Fisher's mustache. <laughs> We're calling them vistas now, huh? Yeah, is it Vistas, Vistas? I never know how people pronounce that. Um, <laughs> it's so. it's one of those either ors, yeah. When like you, you spend your whole life like just uh, like write, like I write so much, like I say I like writing words all day, but a lot of them I, like, I never say out loud. And uh, Vistas, Vistas, I've never decided how I want to pronounce it. Francisco, like uh, uh, Will Will Fuller there on uh, what what the heck is that Christmas type movie? Elf, Elf. You just, you know, like Francisco, just one of those fun words to say. I don't know yes, where I'm going yes, with this. Yes, exactly. But, all right, we're, gonna, we're just going to go right into the fuck, Mary kill from there. Uh, we're in Cleveland. All right, so uh, we've got the Hard Knocks episode here. So Greg Williams turning down seven jobs to get here. 
Hugh Jackson jumping into Lake Erie and returning, or Jarvis Landry's air quotes on motivational F-bomb speech? This was a tough one. This is a really tough one. Uh, I'm definitely going to kill the F-bomb speech just because that sort of thing is so rote. Uh, it's just kind of like, you know, it's just all, uh, it's just performance art. Like, you know, are you really getting, is anyone really getting anything out of these speeches at this point? They've become so cliche uh, that we, I just don't, this speech isn't doing it for me, basically. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, boy, I don't know if I'd rather bed the Greg Williams, seven jobs or Hugh. Uh, I guess Hugh jumping into Lake Erie and returning, uh, it's like vaguely responsible that he finally did it. So I guess I'll marry that. And if I'm going to take uh, Greg Williams' seven job offers that he turned down to bed, just because that's such an amazing uh, <laughs> false claim that I got to kind of respect it and give it props. So, yeah. Yeah, man, massive A for effort there with, with Greg Williams. Yeah. Like, if anyone <laughs> maybe, could be maybe so Maybe he's, he's saying he, like, he turned down the same job at the Verizon store seven times or something. <laughs> uh, not sure. Uh, maybe that's what he meant that he just turned down the same job seven times. But, uh, by the way, nothing wrong with working at the Verizon store. Just saying it's probably not Greg Williams's ideal job as a football lifer. So yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> and I'm with you on the motivational speech too, right? Like that, that wasn't a motivational speech. Like he just got up in front, of all of his teammates and just started yelling at them to get their shit together yeah. Yeah. and just started swearing at them. Like, I've never seen that actually motivate anybody, right? Like, it was clearly for the cameras. He clearly wanted to get up there, and it clearly sucked. So, I'll say it sucked. That. I will say uh, Jarvis Landry is a legitimate psycho. I, I mean psycho in, like, the loving way. Like, he's a nut. Like, he does a lot of... Yeah, you know, he got a taunt. He literally got a taunting penalty last night in a preseason game. So uh, he's he's definitely for real. Uh, the speeches, I just don't buy those kind of rah rah football speeches anymore. But uh, Jarv Landry has definitely uh, got himself a screw loose. So um, maybe it was real coming from him. But even if it was, it wouldn't motivate me. Hey, Rotovis fans, allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The 2018 fantasy draft season is in full swing, and the FFPC has a format to suit every diehard's interest and budget. Whether it's best ball or super flex or classic managed leagues, there are drafts filling daily, starting at just a $35 entry fee. Jump into a slow or a live draft today. Now, are you ready for your greatest challenge? Then check out the FFPC main event in its 11th season the main event is the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy football come to las vegas for a three-day weekend of live drafts and festivities at the planet hollywood resort and casino or draft online from the comfort of your home play for the massive $250,000 grand prize over 2.2 million in total prizes and fantasy immortality All right, Pat, jumping right back in here. If you were given full reign uh, to redesign the food pyramid, what would it look like? Uh, it'd just be 
one. It would just be eggs, just all eggs, all the time. <laughs> um, maybe you could like allow some some starch in there, some potatoes or something. Uh, but just all eggs. Eggs really the only food that matters if we're being honest. Um, maybe some chicken. I don't know. I mean, like so we're getting the chicken's egg, but you know maybe some chicken <laughs> meat. Um, but yeah, the my food pyramid has like a. Five eggs at the bottom, then four eggs, then three eggs, then two eggs, then one. So just all eggs. Now, minus minus the potatoes and starches, of course, but I'm wondering who had the influence on who here because Evan also said eggs. He said steak and eggs. You, you said chicken and eggs. So uh, what was first, the, the chicken and the egg or the steak and egg? <laughs> I would go – I've never really had chicken and uh, eggs together, but I'm a big chicken guy. I don't eat a ton of red meat these days. Um, so I would say, yeah, if I'm going to have uh, – my steak and eggs would be chicken and eggs, which, you know, is the same thing. Uh, but it's getting kind of through the looking glass here. But uh, I, I will say I have never in my life except for once had, had um, chicken and waffles. And I went down to a place called Ida Claire's in Dallas, I, I don't know, earlier this year I think it was. And, uh, you know, I, I've always been one like, look, my, my chicken tenders, my chicken wings, my chicken anything. Like, I don't want it sweet. I want it spicy. I want to have some zing to it or whatnot. Well, I finally had the, the, the chicken and waffles, and there were some runny eggs over the top of it. And it was it was sweet, and it was glorious. And I was, I was proven wrong my entire life. Yeah, chicken and waffles is an amazing dish for sure. Yeah, and, and I'm 30, I was 36, 37 by the time I actually gave it an opportunity. So, uh, yeah, chicken Got, and Got to try new things, everybody. Um, <laughs> Got to try new things. <laughs> Dynasty, we're about to start our startup draft. Am I crazy for taking Keenan Allen over Julio? Also, can you have uh, can you give me a Nick Chubb dino take? He seems to be a good value based on his current ADP. It looks like his Dynasty ADP right now is right around in the middle to the late sixth. Keenan Allen over Julio, definitely not. Uh, you know, I'd say they're quote unquote injury risks. You know, quote unquote because we all know how you know unscientific that really is. Are similar. Uh, Keenan Allen just younger, uh, maybe does a little more from a dynasty perspective since he's also. Uh, I mean, Julio can be a compiler, but I like that Keenan has the monster games, but is also kind of a compiler over the middle and underneath. Just kind of comes at you from every angle. And you know, if we're doing one year this year, I'm still doing Julio. But uh, Dynasty League, yeah, I'd give the age, the age edge, of course, to Keenan. I do not think you're crazy. Uh, Nick Chubb, you know, uh, I, I like him as a Dynasty pick. Uh, I, there's less, especially in Dynasty Leagues, uh, there's less in front of him than I think people think. You know, not a, really not as bad of a situation as people think it is, you know, you see the signing Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson still being there. It seems like he has all this competition, but we all know about, speaking of injury history, how much trouble Carlos Hyde has staying healthy and just had his team that drafted him give up on him. So I think Chubb could have some value this year and definitely by next year, probably be the leader in that backfield on early downs. So yeah, to me, he doesn't feel like a risky investment as a sixth round pick in a dynasty draft. No, not at all. I mean, that's that's the pick where if he's going in the late sixth right now, he's going to go at least in the late fourth at the beginning of next year, right? Like, you're, you're going to get an automatic two-round ADP bump, in my opinion, on Nick Chubb there. And I think you're crazy not to take Keenan Allen over Julio in a dynasty setting. Yeah. It looks like Julio's going a little bit before him. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I get it. We're always expecting the touchdown regression to the mean there with Julio. But, I mean, there's a little bit more... 
a lot more ambiguity in terms of his age, how he's going to age, whether or not he steps away from the game, just based on what we've seen in social media. So, I mean, I, I don't know why Julio has an ADP above Keenan there as well. So, with you across the board. Uh, the next one here is Keeper. From the forums, we've got a PPR auction. No penalty. Can keep two of three out of Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Alvin Kamara. Uh, this guy plans to keep Kamara, but... Should he keep Antonio Brown or Nuke alongside him, he can still bid on the guy that he's not keeping. So what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I get why you're keeping Kamara here. Uh, there's no penalty, but, I mean, I don't I don't know. I think I would just rather get A.B., get DeAndre Hopkins. You've got two of the most guaranteed game script flow-free guaranteed targets on the board there just bulk them up you're only looking to start an additional flex there and i mean you, you can you can get your running backs as needed yeah i agree i would probably just do the two receivers too uh I mean, with the kamara though i understand you know uh i don't mind doing some like gut or like aspirational drafting and with kamara you know the aspiration is you know this guy could be one of the most special players in the NFL. So I, I don't, I definitely don't hate keeping Kamara, but you know Antonio Brown and Hopkins are two of the most special players in the NFL already. It's not no projection required, and yet with no penalty, um, Brown and Hopkins, yeah, they're just two of the safest projections in fantasy football. I'd probably uh, just go with the receivers, but if you're going to keep Kamara, um, I'd probably just give Brown the slight edge over Hopkins. Just you know, just such, uh, just, you know, like I was kind of saying earlier, uh, I can't remember who I was talking about. Maybe I think Keenan Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. What more could you want in fantasy wide receiver? He compiles, he busts big play, and he scores touchdowns. You know, Hopkins does the same thing, but I think there's slight degree lower than Antonio. So if I had to choose, I'm still going Antonio. All right, Pat, Shark Tank app idea that doesn't exist today. Going to go with. An app that prevents you from creating other apps. Uh, I think we've reached the saturation point of worthless, useless apps. And I would say even like a lot of apps that people think are useful are not. Like, uh, do you really need an app to like set your thermostat? Uh, how could it, how is setting your thermostat possibly difficult? And you might like trick yourself into thinking that like it's convenient to like be able to set your thermostat like away from home when actually no it's not. You're just like thinking about your thermostat for no reason. Your thermostat's completely fine. It doesn't need to be moved a degree up or down while you're out of the house. And uh, <laughs> we're just overcomplicating our lives with all these apps and smart home uh, devices. So my app would just be an app that like prevents the ability to uh, come up with new apps. I will only defend that little thermostat app in, in one aspect. It's the only one I can think of, too. So true story, um, you know, our brother and sister-in-law took our kids to the carnival a couple years back and took them to the goldfish games, right? Like you never take other people's kids to the goldfish game and allow them the opportunity to bring goldfish home. Like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you you bad. Just- just, uh, they probably they probably didn't have kids. Did they have kids when they did that? They did not yet. Nope. Okay, so yeah, that's a classic uh, don't have kids mistake. Like you just think you're doing something fun and cool for the kids when in reality, no. 
<laughs> so, so two, one of the goldfish died. One of them, unfortunately, is still alive. And of course, the kids needed another <laughs> one. So we, we have two goldfish now, right? But what we didn't know is we also used to have a Siberian husky, which are very high maintenance. Well, the goldfish are the freaking Siberian huskies of the fish, okay? Because they are high maintenance. They have to have temperatures between, you know, it, what is it, like 68 and 74 degrees. It's not like a, a tropical fish. The, the water can get warm. So it's in the Chicago area and of course it gets like 95 freaking degrees right so we had to go away and we forgot that the goldfish water was going to get like 87 degrees in the house if we didn't leave the air on so we had to leave the air on and because we didn't have anybody that could go in and, and raise and lower the thermostat so i guess if you were a goldfish owner that's the only reason that there would ever be a reason bringing it back to. to I would say out. it's still negative because then now you're just keeping the goldfish alive when otherwise <laughs> it would just die a natural happy death. So true story. I'm going to disagree. Yep, you're you're right on that one, and I still haven't figured out the revenge cycle yet because these 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 brother and sister in laws now have kids of their own, and they're not old enough to go to the carnival yet. But just wait. All right. Sounds like you need to give them like a dog or a cat. Is what it really sounds like. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Like a whole freaking litter of kittens. That's <laughs> what we're gonna. That's what we're going with. Redraft. Okay, guys, give it to me real. I've already overexposed myself to Devontae Parker because he's just been uh, cheap in best ball and has touchdown upside, or at least I thought he did. He was in uh, my redraft plans as well, but now Miami reports are that he's been ineffective at camp. Do I need to pump the brakes? Yeah, I would say riding the brakes is probably the appropriate way to drive with Devontae Parker. Just always keep your foot on the brake. Uh, if it looks like the traffic might be clearing and you're going to get in the left lane and pass a bunch of people, just know it's a mirage. It's not actually going to happen. So, um, yeah, trying to be serious. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy I probably would just look for reasons to be pessimistic on at this point instead of optimistic. Because even if the camp reports were optimistic, we know that a lot of times that, uh, you know, that's just hype. It's just the puff pieces. And I'd say the fact that now he's getting reverse puff pieces is very concerning since he's always been Mr. Puff Piece. So, um, yeah, pump the brakes on Devontae Parker. Yeah, man. I have I was one of them taking Devontae Parker, too. And you know how Miami works, right? Like, everything in Miami is a puff piece and has been for five years. Like, every player is going to go to the Pro Bowl. They're going to win the Super Bowl. And it's like, wow, we actually have an anti-puff piece that comes out from Miami now, and whoa, like that's that's that actually took me back. And the challenge yeah. though is like, you know, if if you're anti-Parker, then you're pro Stills, but then like, what do you do with that market share? You really still going to bump up Stills like that true number one? So I, I'm like meeting this one in the middle here. I, but yeah, I have I've certainly slowed down for what it's worth. Um, all right, next one here, we've got a uh, better season here. All right, lightning round, Pat. Here we go. Amari uh, Cooper or Golden Tate? I guess I'll go with the cursed answer and say Amari, that it's finally going to happen. Uh, no longer has – well, he does have Jordy Nelson steal touchdowns now, which is probably actually maybe more worrisome than Michael Crabtree. But uh, still so young, still so much upside. They want The Raiders want Amari to be a thing really bad. And Golden Tate has, you know, got the rise of Kenny Galladay and, you know, kind of like the late career rise of Marvin Jones to contend with. So I just, uh, I think there's more in front of Golden Tate than there is Amari Cooper. So I'm going to pick Amari. Is there more in front of Marquise Lee or Kenny Galladay? 
This is a this is a weird, interesting one because uh, in the Jags receiver core is so crowded. Uh, but I think this year, especially with the PPR becoming the standard across fantasy football, I'll still go Marquise Lee's weekly compiling over Kenny Galladay's big play ability. Uh, there's not really a wrong answer, but yeah, I think I would go with the boring answer of Marquise Lee. And Tevin Coleman or Dion Lewis? I'll go Dion because the the Titans made such an aggressive move for him. Uh, we've seen that he can do everything. Uh, I think the Falcons are kind of out on Tevin Coleman. They gave the big contract to Devontae. Uh, Tevin Coleman's going to walk after this year. Uh, it was still had a pretty significant role last year, but just not quite the same without Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I'm, I'm more excited about Dion Lewis for 2018. Fair enough. All right, how about Tymont in Green Bay or Chris Carson? I'll go Tymont because I think it's definitely going to be a committee. I think there's higher odds of like a bigger committee in Green Bay than Seattle, obviously. And I think Tymont could be still one of the most dynamic pass-catching backs in the NFL. Uh, maybe Chris Carson is a more touchdown, higher touchdown floor and a higher touchdown ceiling, but just overall points, I think that's Ty Montgomery's the guy. Trey Burton got all the off-season love and hype and uh, still is – uh, but now, of course, we've got a lot of question marks in Cleveland with the depth chart shakeout, what's going to happen with those target redistribution there, and David and Joko coming off two touchdowns here, of course, um, certainly to bump up that ADP. Does it bump Njoku up above Burton here? Who you got? I guess I'll give the edge to Burton still because it was another case of a team making an aggressive move for a player, and I think the Bears – Skill core, despite being so many new guys, I think is more settled than the Browns' is. You know, Njoku still has to deal with Seth Devolve, and uh, I like really like both. But I think the Bears will focus on making Trey Burton a thing, whereas Njoku could still be very like hit or miss on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, Phillip Rivers could potentially be hit or miss on a week-to-week basis, more so than ever, losing a key piece there in the inside. Uh, but does he? I mean, Mike Williams, does Tyrell Williams take some of that share now? Um, against Jared Goff here, Pat, I mean, he's not the gunslinger people think he is. They run a little bit more of a balanced offense. Uh, which one are you taking here? I'm definitely going Phil Rivers. Uh, he gets his numbers, you know, unless you're in a league that's like heavily punitive to interceptions. Uh, we've seen Rivers just gets his numbers basically with whoever is out there. And I'm still, I'm still in wait and see mode on Jared Goff to see how he adjusts to like the league's inevitable adjustments on him. Uh, Goff, you know, amazing, amazing supporting cast, but I think Phillip Rivers will still be far more pro- prolific and, I still, I'll take, uh, I bet on Phillip Rivers' touchdown total over Jared Goff as well. Very good. All right. Uh, and recap here. I took Cooper. I took Kenny G over Lee, and that's probably the wrong move. I did take, um, Dion over Tevin, uh, just by a hair there. Tymont over Carson. I took Njoku over Burton. That's probably wrong as well. And I'm with you on Rivers. I don't know. That's as well. a, it's a toss up. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just I, I'm, I'm more biased just because of, you know, him coming out with his athletic profile and, oh, man, he is a freak of, of nature. So, yeah, ugh. all right, let's yeah. – uh, He's, yeah, he's an exciting prospect. <laughs> Indeed. All right, Pat, take a favorite or popular movie, change one letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's it all about? This one I neglected. I'm uh... – I couldn't come up with anything. I'm not creative enough, apparently. I can't think, name a movie, and I'll see if I can do it on the spot. Uh, 
You just take out one letter in the title, huh? What's your favorite movie? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, 2000 A Space Odyssey. I'm going to I'm just going to change I'm gonna, I'm not going to take a letter out. I'm going to change 2001 A Space Odyssey to just 2000 A Space Odyssey and I'm rebranding it as a PlayStation 1 game. That's kind of like <laughs> a Vigilante 8 knockoff. Um, so yeah, that's that's the my new movie and the new plot. My new movie is now a video game. It's 2000, The Space Odyssey, and they're going to be um, a new twist where it's going to kind of It's Vigilante go... 8 in space. <laughs> there you go. It's kind of like taking Risk, and when they, they came out with the secondary Risk game, right? And then all of a sudden you can take over the moon. You remember that? <laughs> I do not remember that, actually. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a second That's Risk incredible board. and really dumb. <laughs> it really was. You, you you want to go and take the moon just because who doesn't want to take over the moon? And then you realize when you take the moon, like, there's one way in, there's one way out, and you're really pretty much just cornering yourself, and it's a mistake to go for the moon. So Always a mistake. Always a mistake. In real life and Risk. Like so Australia. Leave the moon be. It's fool's gold. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, Rotopat sizzling, smoking, scorching hot take for the 2018 season. I've been really bad at this all summer. I get asked this a lot, obviously, and I, I've yet to come up with a uh, satisfying answer that is both funny and somewhat plausible. Um, so I was just like looking through the teams right now, and I saw the Patriots, and I just thought, Chris Hogan, wide receiver one, question mark? Uh, that might be as hot as it gets to me. I'm not going to rank him as a wide receiver one, but I, I could see it happening. Um, that's a terrible hot take. Uh, I don't have any satisfying, good, molten hot takes for the people. I, I really like that take. And I I personally have not taken enough Hogan in my drafts and, and kind of scratching my head looking back wondering why. I mean, how much more target share can Rob Gronkowski actually get? You know, the question marks surrounding Julian Edelman and coming back from, from suspension. I mean, there's more downside than I think upside just in terms of, you know, him coming off. I guess, some sort of performance-enhancing substance, whatever. And, I mean, if, if and you know, now Jordan Matthews is no longer there and they're bringing in Eric Decker, like, come on, you're grasping at straws here. I just don't see how Chris Hogan doesn't completely close that gap between where his offseason ADP was versus the ceiling. I'm with you. I Yeah, so Chris Hogan, not just wide receiver one, wide receiver one overall. It's coming <laughs> for you, Antonio. Here, yeah, from the earlier question, don't keep DeAndre, don't keep Antonio Brown, just go get Chris Hogan. <laughs> We're kidding. Just, and that's, don't keep no, no, don't keep any players and just spend all your your budget on Chris Hogan. You have one player, but he's going to score seven touchdowns a week. It's going to be a very bold strategy, <laughs> uh, and you're going to win your league. Bold strategy, Cotton. One player to rule them all. Don't even start anybody else in your other positions. Just don't just, even start Hogan. Just make it a complete power move. Make it an abstract art experiment. Uh, you have one player that is Chris Hogan, and you still bench your only one player every week. <laughs> That's going to do it for this abstract art moment right now. We're going to wrap up the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotovis podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. If you have any questions you want answered on this show, again, hit us up via email, rotovisradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotovisradio using the hashtag RVMailbag. Pat, man, many thanks for carving out the time coming on the show. Uh, football's back. What you got for us coming up? Uh, just this week, uh, I normally put this article out in like May where I assess and rank the league's quarterback situations, but uh, my son was born, 
So I got kind of delayed on that. So I just put that out. Going to have some ranking stuff coming out, probably some ADP stuff. But yeah, go to rotorworld.com and check out, I believe, with too many words, like over 6,000 words on the league's quarterback situations for the 2018 season. Boom. There it is. Hashtag dad life. Hashtag the maker of kids. Rotopat at Rotopat <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you know where to find him and all his great work at the rotoworldsof.com. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.